Hello, and welcome back to the Griffith College Alumni Podcast, Spotlight On. This is the second episode of the third series. This is your host, Kean Dalton, and this time around, I was joined by PJ Brown. PJ is the Regional Sales Manager for Grassland Agro and has worked in sales for over 30 years in the agricultural sector. Having started out as a young agricultural student, he later came back to Griffith College to study a higher diploma in business management in 2017. He then continued on with further studies, graduating with a first-class honours BA in accounting and finance degree in 2020. PJ is involved in the Fertiliser Association of Ireland at council level since 2007, taking on the role of secretary for five years and president for a two-year term from 2016 to 2018. PJ is a family man with a wife and three children and is an active volunteer in his local community. I hope that you enjoy this interview and take something away from it. And please let us know what you think. Thanks, PJ. How are you? Nice to nice to meet you, and welcome to the podcast. This is the second episode of the Griffith Alumni Spotlight On podcast, and uh, it's a pleasure to have you. How are you today? I'm great, Kian, and I'm delighted to be here. And thanks for considering me to be part of this great uh, venture you have in your podcast. So, how did you get into sales, and uh, why did you select that as a career path, or how did you come about getting into sales? Yeah, I suppose it was uh, by chance, really. I suppose. Uh, when I was in Leaving Cert, I, I come from a farming background at home in, in, in Glanworth in North County Cork and uh, come from, a, I suppose, a, a relatively small mixed uh, farm, dairy, beef, a bit, of, a bit of tillage. I always had resigned myself being the oldest uh, boy in the family and oh, it was yeah. tradition that the oldest always uh, w- was number one for staying at home farming and all the rest of yeah. it. So I had resigned myself. Look, I grew up in the farm. My, my dad encouraged me to work on the farm and uh, I liked the farming. Um, yeah, I found it enjoyable and rewarding and uh, I thought that was the, the path for me. When I was leading up to my leaving cert, I kind of, I suppose, took a back seat in my uh, academic endeavours because, sure, look, I thought, why would I be pushing myself? You know, I wasn't going to college. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, w- I was going... Uh, choosing the agricultural path so I chose all um, ordinary level um, subjects in my leaving cert Uh, I didn't really apply myself to my regret today Mm -hmm. but uh, look at uh, that's just the way it went and uh, look uh, things worked out worked out for me pretty okay after but I suppose straight after my leaving cert I went with a few of my buddies uh, uh, farming buddies in class we went to Rockwell Agricultural College up near Cashel did our, uh, the year there to get our achieve our green cert so that was our certificate in order to enable us to go farming basically yeah. and and, um, and pursue that but uh, I went a bit further I I chose the path of doing a further three years uh, farm apprenticeship with the, with the then farm apprenticeship board where I achieved um, I suppose I, I became a qualified farm manager okay, yeah. but during uh, I suppose my third year in farm management um, we would have had a bit of discussion with our with our mentors at the time as to you know what did we really want to do um in 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 life and career wise mm-hmm. i suppose look i was in i was in um agricultural obviously but i did 
have a little bit of a flair maybe for business and uh, I was asked Chiz would you ever think of doing um, maybe opening up your own merchant business at home you know maybe oh, yeah. selling a bit of fertiliser out of your, your farmyard or whatever you know you could get into a bit of business that way yeah. but um, ultimately when I qualified I went working as, a, as a, an assistant farm manager and during that time my dad was very heavily involved with the local farm relief service which mm-hmm. was a service that offered them um, uh, relief work for local farmers and um, a job opportunity came up within the, the farm relief service as a, a development officer okay. so I, it was put to me and I went, I went for it and uh, I got the job so that involved me going out on the road basically selling the services of the farm relief service and also an insurance policy that they had at the time whereby if a farmer if he took on the insurance policy and if he had uh, a serious illness or an accident where he was in any way incapacitated in, in doing his farming, okay. this insurance would kick in and he he would only have to pay for half the cost oh, right, of what okay. the regular service would cost. Yeah. So I was quite successful in selling this um, yeah. and uh, I really enjoyed the job of going out in my car and, and meeting all the, the farmers within my territory and uh, and selling the service and selling the in, insurance um, policy and I was quite good at it. So it was a six month ter- uh, six month term in the family service. So that was coming to an end. So one of the um, one of the other guys working there um, was a customer of a company in Little Island at the mm-hmm. time. It was called Preference Products, and he told them that they had a position um, open for a sales rep. Did he know of anybody? Again, as I said, by pure chance, mm-hmm. he, he spoke to me one day and he told me about this position that was uh, coming up in Preference Products. Would I be interested? And I said, I jumped at it, absolutely, and uh, went ahead, did the interview, and ultimately got the job. Okay. I suppose that was the start of my real commercial uh, sales yeah. career. I was selling, um, uh, there was a portfolio of agricultural products like... Um, there was like a silage uh, preservatives. There was uh, minerals for um, all sorts of livestock, cattle, sheep, mm-hmm. horses, you name it. Different mineral supplements uh, that was used in, in water for preventing different things like uh, grass tetany and cows and stuff like that, oh, which, yeah, yeah. which really interested me. And um, yeah, within a year I was, um, I was asked, uh, there was a vacancy became available for a more senior position, a regional sales manager up in the west of Ireland. And mm-hmm. um, I took that up. Okay, and I was I was there for six years, and um, after so that was seven years with Preference Products, mm. and uh, ultimately because of a, a reorganisation of the business, it became it became uh, taken over by an English company, Ruminco, and ultimately it ended up being taken over by um, Coop Animal Health, Master Farm Nutrition, which uh, it, it's it's now its new name is uh, NutriBio, which is still working today, but because oh, yeah. of that reorganisation. Myself and uh, another colleague uh, found ourselves being made redundant. Okay, right. Yeah. So that was its own challenge and a bit mm-hmm. of an eye opener for me. But um, one door closed and another o- another door opened because within a couple of months I applied for a couple of of, of jobs uh, on um, on the Cork Examiner as, as it was at the oh, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And one of them was with my current employer. Uh, grassland fertilizers as, as they were at the time so in um, late 2000 I started with grassland um, fertilizers now grassland agro and I'm, I'm there ever since I'm, oh, okay. I'm 23 years with this current employer oh very good yeah and your regional sales manager 
uh, for Grassland Agro. That's your yes. And did those early days um, with preference product? Did that involve you um, going out to farms, you know, individually and selling the products? So that would be yourself going out. Would that that be the same now, or what does your day to day look like as a regional sales manager? Yeah, when I started with preference products, or during my my seven years with preference mm-hmm. products, it it involved an awful lot of what we call jewel calling. Okay. Whereby, um, we'll say I had a designated area, and I had um, customers within the, uh, customers of the trade within that area. We we'll call them. We we'll call them uh, co-ops and, and agri merchants. So yeah. you have the likes of, say, locally here, you'd have Dairy Gold, you'd have Kerry Agri, you have uh, Four West Car Co-ops, yeah. uh, you have you know the likes of McDonald Brothers and Southern Fuel and Farm Supplies mm-hmm. in Middleton. So you've all these guys, and um, so we would sell our products through the, that trade and they would ultimately sell it on to the end user okay. the farmer but part of the job with preference products was I would arrange uh, a day's jewel calling with one of their reps so right. one of their reps would sit into my car and we would go to a predetermined list of farmers of their choosing okay. where the potential might be Right. so right. it took away the element of cold calling yeah, yeah. Because you know, cold calling is is a, is a tough job in any sales job. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, there's a lot of it going on, but uh, it's something that I never had to do because this was the this was the strategy of of pushing our sales through to the end user by using dual calling. Yeah, and yeah. it also helped to develop a relationship with that rep yes, yeah. within that merchant or co-op, and it also helped to develop the relationship with with. Uh, our company and the user as well. Yeah, yeah. Because when you're calling as a as a as a, a two people, you know, and, and the farmer will ultimately know the the rep with the co-op a lot better than they would have me yeah, at the time, yeah. like, you know. But uh, yeah, but that that certainly helped to hone my sales skills, if you like, yeah, uh, yeah. at the time by doing that. Because part of uh, preference products or joining preference products was I was put through a sales training program. Okay, right. Yeah, with a consultant that they had, uh, he was an Englishman at the time. Good, for, good few years ago now, but he he was excellent at um, at sales training, and uh, you know that at least that um, that training was afforded to me, and, and yeah. certainly would still stand to me today. But um, yeah. Oh, very good. And what's the day to day like now, as in Grassland Agro? What would that be like? So the day to day for me now with Grassland Agro is I I have my designated area, which is I suppose uh, in simple terms mostly Munster. Okay. Um, I don't cover Clare as a colleague of mine covering Clare, but I'm covering the most of the rest. So Cork, Kerry, Limerick, uh, a bit of Tipperary and Waterford. So that Jeez, that's that's yeah. my ultimate area. So I'm covering all of the um, agri trade within that area so you've like i said the dairy goals the carries yeah you know all the co-ops and merchants within that area so i'm the i'm the front man yeah. if you like for grass and uh, agro in in that area for commodity fertilizer so it is it is commodity fertilizer is my is my sales portfolio mm-hmm. okay. um so i would if if a customer needed to make contact with grass and agro i'm the man right uh, also, I suppose I'm I'm the, the the representative of the company, so I'm involved in in um, creating a budget. We'll say at the start of every year to okay. sell to each customer. So my responsibility is to go out and and try and push for that budget and that sales target. So I ultimately will be 
calling around to all these um, designated customers in my area and trying to push my my company's product through. Yeah. And further to that, then I would also be responsible then for following through with the sale. Um, if there's any hiccups with the sale, we'll say if there's a, pr a problem with delivery or pricing or quality or or uh, mm -hmm. and and ultimately the collection of the the debt. The debt. So <laughs> I have to. Yeah. I also have to do that. You know. So I'm following it right through from from the sale to the collection the of, the, yeah, of, yeah. of the of the of the money end of it like, you know yeah, yeah. so yeah it is um a pretty demanding job and it, it, it's i suppose the fertilizer world um it's uh, very very competitive it's it's yeah. after becoming a hell of a lot more competitive than it was when i started back in 2000 yeah yeah uh, there's there's probably one or two of us too many out there at the moment oh, yeah. uh, supplying the product, you know, so yeah. it's it's pretty cutthroat out there at the moment, you know, yeah. It is. Would that be uh, kind of the most challenging aspect of it at the moment is the competitiveness or, or would there be? Yeah, I suppose um, in recent years it has become a hell of a lot more challenging and stressful for the likes of me and my colleagues because um, there's been so many events that has happened. For, for example, we've had Brexit. Yeah, which brought us challenges. We've had COVID, which course, brought yeah. huge challenges because it meant that we couldn't get in our car and we can go. We couldn't go yeah. visit uh, customers for a while. We had issues with supply mm -hmm. because uh, there was problems with um, uh, product being manufactured because uh, you know workers couldn't come into the couldn't come into the factories that make the product uh, um, to produce it. So there, there was and, and logistics was another was another yeah. issue. So. And then in more more recent times, um, we've had the issue of the Russian-Ukraine conflict, okay, right. which has brought humongous challenges to our industry, because last year it um, it caused huge issues with supply, it caused huge issues issues with the cost of energy. You need a hell of a lot of gas to produce uh, oh, yeah, fertilizer yeah. Uh, nitrogen in particular. And because of the surge in, in the price of gas, it, it caused a huge increase in the in the cost of raw material and and supply of raw material, um, which created huge challenges for us because all of a sudden we weren't trying to push the product to sell it. All of a sudden we were actually allocating product to our customers. Okay, right. We all of a sudden we were telling customers, um, sorry, but I know you took X amount last year, but I've only uh maybe a quarter or a half of of what you got last year that's oh. all i have to give you and then the the double whammy was the cost of it we had to implement the cost because it was costing us uh you know vastly more than what it normally would uh and uh, yeah it, it, it was oh. extremely challenging but now we have the complete opposite this year uh whereby product supply has substantially freed up and all of a sudden, since I suppose since last Christmas, uh, the 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 price of the product has started to fall significantly as well. Okay. So, in a year where prices are falling, you run a huge risk of losing a lot of money. Virtue of the fact of bringing in stock and like we're talking about shipments here, we're not talking about truckloads. Yeah, yeah. So when we bring in raw material, it's a it's a three four thousand tonner plus you know yeah uh, sometimes it can be far larger and there could be ships oh. shared so you could be bringing in four or five thousand tons at a time of raw material which costs x amount within a week or two that could have fallen by 10 20 50 maybe 100 euros a ton which is 
is uh, a cost that you have to try and absorb because if your if your uh, competitors have brought in cheaper product in the meantime you're not going to get you're not going to get paid you know the higher amount for yours even though you paid more for it so you you're, you're more than often you're going to have to match your competitors and yes, take the yeah. hit so that's what's happening this year yeah it's it's very very challenging and um you know we all need to keep cool heads and I suppose that's where the experience comes in yeah uh, being in the business for 23 years um I wouldn't like I wouldn't like to be a young fella starting out with it at the moment and okay sure. right no no so that's the kind of challenging aspect of it and it sounds like there's a few but you've as you said you have the experience so what's the kind of an aspect of, of your job that you like the most or, or is there an area of it that you like the most yeah, I suppose for me, what I really love is is getting out and meeting people. Yeah. Um, meeting the the usual buyers, maybe you know. I try to try, you know, I try to get around maybe once a month, uh, to meet lads. You know, the main buyers. Uh, yeah, you have a lot of branches and you have a lot of mm. uh, smaller uh, clients that it, it it might be less often that you'd call, but you'd certainly have to keep a contact um, on yeah. the phone. You know, but of course, yeah. There's a huge personal uh, aspect to my job you know you have to develop the the personal relationship with the key buyer mm -hmm. uh, with everyone that you're dealing with and you know that's a skill in itself yeah, you know definitely. you have to you have to you have to get to know the people you have to get to know their their quirks i suppose their yeah. what makes them tick is, is something that i use years ago you know why am, yeah. why am i getting on so well with certain customers you know you know and, uh, and my answer was you have to try and find out what makes them tick mm -hmm. and uh, you know whether it is whether it is um, Man City, uh, yeah. you know, after winning uh, the, the the Champions League, you know, are yeah. they, or is it car curling, or is it? Yes. Yeah, yeah. You know, it could be anything. It could be. It could be. You know. Um, you know, pick a pick anything. You know. So, but the artists try and get to know what what they're into. What they're into. Yeah. And bring that into the conversation. You know, you need you need to get them to like you, or to you need to get yeah. them to want you to walk in that door. The last thing you want is if you walk in that door and you know this guy doesn't want to see you. That's the, <laughs> that's the big challenge, and that that's what I like about it. I I, I like I like um, meeting people and, and and getting out with people yeah. and, and creating the relationships. You know, that that takes a bit of a I suppose that's a, a talent in itself. If you yeah, like, yeah, definitely, yeah. And you just mentioned, you know, find out what people take. Now, you're very involved in, in your local um, juvenile J-Club. You're the chairman of uh, St. Dominic's. That's that, right. Yeah. That's right. Um, is there anything you've learned from, you know, playing yourself before, coaching or being involved, you know, at the kind of business level, for lack of a better word, of, of a juvenile club that you can apply to your work? Or is it... I suppose we'll go with that first. Is there anything you've yeah, learned from that? Did you no, no, that, that, that's a very good question, Keen, and absolutely, 100% it is, because when you're playing any sport, uh, especially a team sport, yeah, you know, you have to learn to play as a team player. Yeah, yeah. You have to, if to be successful, or for your team to be successful, like you might be the best player, uh, but you need to be able to learn to be able to work with the best players. But if you are the best player, you have to be, you have to you know be able to learn how to, you know, to make the weaker players maybe uh, play better uh, as a team in yeah. order to make it successful. But as well as that, as one as one wise man once told me, uh, you have to be a very good listener. You know, yes, listen yeah. to your mentors. You know, as 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 this guy once said to me, that's why we were given one mouth in two ears. Yeah. You should listen twice as more than you speak. Yeah, that's you know? really true. Yeah. And it, it is it is yeah. so true, you know. Um like 
we can all be very good talkers, like you know. But yeah, if yeah. you're not a good listener, very true. Yeah. You're not going to learn what your customer needs, and mm. that's one big thing in sales. You have to establish what your customer needs are. Yeah. You know, and if you can't do that, you're you're on a, a heightened to nothing. Yeah. You know, and and the same goes with with um with sports and team sports and all the rest. But you, as a player, you have to. You know, you have to learn to listen to your mentors. You have mm -hmm. to learn to maybe what your weaknesses are, what you could do better, and and take it and take it on the chin, mm -hmm. like you know. Yeah. And it's the same with with, with your career and and certainly my sales career. I often got, uh, um, uh, you know, constructive criticism. We call it from from my peers and my bosses over the years as to where I might be able to to do better. You know, mm -hmm. and you you have to learn to to take that in the will that is given, like you know. Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah. And and. and Apply it and uh, look. They might not always be right, but yeah. you don't always have to say that to them either. Like, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> that's true. Like, yeah, it's like dealing with your parents maybe for years at <laughs> yeah. home too. Like you know, you 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 know when you're a young fella, maybe you know what do they know about it? Like you yeah, know, but, yeah. but years later you you don't understand. Back then, yeah, yeah that's years it. later you, you you might realize that they were right. Like, you yeah, know? I yeah. know, and the more yeah. often than yeah, that, that's the thing. Were, yeah, exactly. And as well with the GA and, you know, being involved in, you know, extracurricular activities, do you think that's important? I think especially when I'm doing these interviews and, um, you know, all the guests are in senior roles and maybe high stress roles, is it important to have an outlet outside of work and outside of uh, networking? Not even networking, but outside of work to have, yeah. you know... Oh. Um, Absolutely. It's, it's imperative, in my view, for, for your own mental health. Yeah, yeah, you have to have an outlet. You have to have a way of, of letting your stresses out after the day. Because especially, you know, a lot of jobs, especially the the likes of a sales role uh, and a regional sales manager's role, uh, there's an awful lot of stresses come with comes with that job on a daily basis, and you have to have an outlet. Um, for me, uh, I've always had great outlets. Thank God, because mm -hmm. I I I I don't know what I would have done if I didn't, but. I remember back in the back in the early days of starting with with uh, grassland fertilizers. I went through a particularly stressful time. Uh, we had our own challenges back in those days as well, and 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 sales were difficult for mm. for different reasons. I remember foot and mouth disease came into the country, oh, yeah, and yeah. we had huge huge challenges there. You know, you have to have some. I had I discovered the sport, and and you laugh at this, but I, I discovered the sport back in early two thousands through a friend of mine called Paula Cross. And oh it, yeah, yeah, it was playing lacrosse on, on horseback. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. and you might think it's it's polo. It wasn't. It was it was. <laughs> I call it the farmer's version of of, of, <laughs> yeah. of, of, of polo. But uh, <laughs> Jesus, that was a great um, stress reliever for me. Uh, I used to play it down in a place called Atleka, down um, down near. Um, oh, Charlevoix was in, yeah. in in County Limerick, and I used to be able to call there on the way home, but. To get up on a horse and go out there and take your stresses out and a, and yeah. a racket and a ball and, and a few other players like you know it was yeah. huge stress reliever for me. In most in more recent times, um, I've taken up a bit of motorbiking. I'd like to oh, go very good. motorbiking maybe especially in the summer summertime in the in the evenings and 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 maybe the weekends. Mm -hmm. I love to fish. Jeez. So I do a lot of uh, fly fishing again during the, the the long evenings in the summer. Yeah, yeah. Nothing better to get into a river there in yeah. in your waders and fish for a couple of hours. Yeah. Uh, no one else around to bother you. No yeah. phone, no <laughs> nothing. Catch a couple of trout and bring them home. Nothing, nothing better. And I suppose, look, more recent times again, yeah, I'm, I'm chairman of the local juvenile GA club. This is my second year. And by God, is that taking up some time? Yeah, you know, you know, we've from 
if well this year uh, we have from I suppose under sevens up to under twenty ones. Uh, yeah, so yeah. there's a lot of mentors, there's a lot of kids, there's a lot yeah. of parents. There's cool camp coming up that yeah. we've organised. There's there's a lot of ma league matches are starting to finish up now, and there's the odd final, thank God. Yeah. And the championship is about to start. Starts. Uh, so, yeah. but to say that I immensely enjoyed that role last year is an understatement. Yeah, uh, yeah. It, it was. I found it very rewarding, and certainly when you were standing on the sideline there watching a bunch, bunch of young fellas there, yeah, and 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 they're <laughs> they're winning a league cup or they're winning an Arcot cup or whatever, like you know, there's nothing more. Uh, you know, you could be you couldn't be more proud as to yeah. see that going on, and they're they're your kids, like you know, and they're yeah. your parents. Um, um, cheering them on and whatnot, you know, and especially look, I've three kids, I've I've two boys and a girl, and they're all involved in them um, in football, hurling, camogie in some way, and and there's nothing more rewarding to see your own kids, yeah, uh, playing, you know, and um, yeah, but no, I I have to say, if you don't have an outlet, get one, find yeah. one. There's loads of stuff going on, you know. Yeah. You have to clear that head. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Um. So we'll move on to your time at Griffith College now. Um. You know, just after talking about the personal life and your own career, um, so you you did a diploma in um or a higher diploma in business management first of all, and then went on to do the, uh, BA in accounting and finance. Um, what attracted you to study the the BA? Was it? Or did you always plan to do that, or was it because of the higher diploma you decided to go into it? Well, I suppose there's a bit of a long story, and I'll keep it as short as I can as to why I pursued um. My, my academic endeavours and that was I suppose as I alluded to earlier on my highest qualification was a farm manager mm -hmm. and it became apparent to me uh, especially with one or two peers that I had at the time I, I remember there was a job vacancy came up in our cock factory I was located uh, from our Limerick factory at the time yeah. and there was a, a vacancy came up through the Cork factory as a regional sales manager. I was like a junior rep, I suppose, in Limerick. Right. I applied for that role, and I was basically told that because I didn't have a BA in agriculture, I wouldn't be suitable for that level of a role. And I found it very hard to understand because I think the qualification that I had was equally as good if not better than a BA in agriculture because I had more of a, a hands-on yeah. uh, qualification um, with with the farm management qualification but this is what I was told and it really resonated with me and um, I was basically told I wouldn't be able to deal with the likes of um, Chagas advisors and uh, you know agricultural advisors because I didn't have the qualification right, okay, yeah. uh, which I didn't agree with yeah. um, obviously at the time uh, in in a few years later, uh, or quite a bit later, um, there was another position uh, I suppose came up, and it was um, a sales management role I suppose who would be the person over the regional sales managers, and um, I wasn't considered for the position, okay. and I I was I suppose a little disappointment, uh, a little disappointed um, that I was overseen, so. 
I decided to have a, um, I requested a talk with um, the managing director at the time and just to, you know, just to get an idea as to how he felt about me within within the company mm-hmm. and, you know, to try and allay any maybe concerns that I might have had about, you know, why I wasn't considered. So so he, he had a very good explanation for me, you know, um, at the time. Um, it was a good while ago, but uh, he asked me during the, co- or towards the end of the conversation, um, did I ever have any interest in uh, maybe pursuing further education. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe down the line of a, of a suitable uh, application, say, to my job, you know, which I figured was something along the lines of business. And he said, mm-hmm. look, if you do, I'll back you. So that's what got me into looking. Um, I had always um, thought about um, maybe pursuing um, further um, education. Yeah. But I suppose what I didn't say to you earlier on was in my earlier years with Grassland Agro, I was also farming. Okay. So I did manage the dairy enterprise at home along with my dad. Yeah. But in 2015, it became too much mm-hmm. for me and my dad. So something had to go, either I had to give up my job and go home farming full time or I I had to give up the farming and, and uh, pursue the, my career full time. So that's what I decided to do. Okay, yeah. So I sold out all the stock and um, let the land, which freed up huge time for me. Yeah. So it was the ideal opportunity to pursue um, my further education uh, endeavours at the time. So I um, went online and I started Googling what business courses were available and lo and behold um, Griffith College came up yeah so to be fair I seriously doubted my abilities as an academic to be honest because yeah I did a, I did a, a fair enough leaving cert but as, as I said earlier on I didn't really apply myself so mm-hmm. I had serious doubts so I thought I'd just stick my toe in the water and um, I'll check out the diploma Okay. So yeah. that led me to doing the, the diploma then with um with uh, Griffith. But because I did so surprisingly well in the diploma. Yeah, yeah. Um I, I seriously got the bug and um I asked my employer, uh, the same man that I that encouraged me to do the diploma uh, to do the diploma, I said, Look, I'm seriously interested in doing the degree. Okay, yeah. I said, um, would you mind? I said, look, I, I, I've no problem with funding it myself, you know. I, it's just something that I really want for me, you know. I wanted a, I wanted a degree, and uh, he supported me all the way. He said, oh, no problem. He said, you, you go for it if you want to go for it. But he said, look, he said, this is going to take serious commitment, he said, and there's yeah. going to be yeah. a lot of study, exams, and, um, you know, it's a huge commitment, you know. Yeah, yeah. And I, and I said, um, Liam Wolf is his name. I said, Liam, I said, I'm more than willing to put it, to put it into it. Yeah, and, yeah. And thank God Liam backed me and he supported me all the way. Oh, and um, I'm delighted to say that uh, everything worked out extremely well for me. A hell of a lot better than I thought it would. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know, and I know you were saying you you didn't, maybe didn't think your your academic abilities were up to scratch, but you must have had, you know, a serious amount of belief as well to even speak to Liam in the first place because uh, you know you obviously knew you know sometimes I think that you know the academics can hold people back or they, they yeah. might let it hold themselves back but fair play for going back to it yourself um, did you find it challenging as a mature student going back was there a bit of a an age difference in the class or was it kind of was there a lot of mature students in your time yeah, I, I actually thought I would be one of the oldest in the class. I suppose, look, I was in my mid-40s mm-hmm. when I decided to, to take on this. Um, I thought I would have been, I thought I'd been one of the oldest in the classes, but I came along to one of the open evenings and um, mm-hmm. 
I was delighted to meet Breed McCarthy. Breed was yeah. absolutely fantastic. She was so nice. Um, she was so encouraging. Um, you know, she, if she was a salesperson, she would have. Yeah, yeah. She would have. She would be a dinger as a sales because she <laughs> sold uh, the diploma to me that evening when it, when when I called. You know, um, when I went along then, of course, I, I I started the course and I was quite surprised mm -hmm. to see so many of my age and older yeah in the classroom now it was a hell of a lot younger as well <laughs> but uh i was delighted and relieved to see so many that were my age and older yeah. in the class and and obviously we were able to relate to each other and um mm -hmm. and go from there yeah and would you have any advice for any um person who might be want be considering going back as a mature learner who are maybe have some of the reservations you might have had before would you have any advice for them uh, what I would say, I suppose, is seriously think about your life goals. Mm -hmm. Decide for yourself what you you know. If 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 nothing was an object, ask yourself what would you really what would you really like in life? What would you really want? Like uh, yeah. it was my wildest dream at the time to have a degree and mm -hmm. to have a, a first class honours degree was yeah really beyond my wildest um, dreams and expectations. But I, if anyone can prove that to themselves, uh, if I did, anyone can do it. Mm -hmm. um, like, yeah, doing the diploma was a bit of a, a, a little stepping stone. No, it was it was a big challenge as well at the time. Yeah. If I had it back, I would have gone straight into the into the degree. Yeah, uh, yeah. certainly. But no, it was it was a great little little stepping stone uh, to just getting back into it again. I guess you know I was never in a proper, I suppose, third level. Uh, setting other than the agricultural college mm -hmm. I was in at the time, but uh, you know it, it was a great introduction. Um, yeah. If you feel that you want it, God Almighty, go for it. Yeah, yeah. Go for it. That's, yeah, yeah. It, it's so rewarding. You know, there was one man um, said one time, you know, if it's to be, it's up to me. That was Jerry Coyle. He, he's a great. Um, He's like a personal coach. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, he wrote a book called uh, The Green Platform, but that was that's his mantra. And by God, it's so true. Yeah. If yeah. it's to be, it's up to me. Since qualifying, now we were talking about you know speaking with Liam Wolf before. Has the qualification helped you in your career in in grassland agro since since graduating? Oh, immensely. Um, it has given such a. a a clearer understanding about you know business about the way the you know the the. the the business world works, you know, um, mm. like I have a clear understanding of, of accounts, obviously, mm. you know, after doing a degree in accounting and finance, you know, yeah. uh, like one of the key things that we do with all our customers is to uh, try to obtain um, a, a set of their most recent accounts. Okay. I, you know, I can read it now, like, uh, you know, like it's, it's, it, it's not an issue, like, you know, yeah, whereas before yeah. I'd be trying to work out, well, you know, what do all these lines mean? Like, you know, yeah, what do all yeah. these figures mean? Whereas now it's, 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 it's so crystal clear, you know, that, yeah. I, that I have a very quick understanding of how healthy or unhealthy, you know, oh, a, set, yeah, a yeah. set of accounts might be. Uh, but also, other than, uh, besides that, um, you know, we went through so many different modules like um, uh, company law, mm -hmm. uh, contract law, 
uh, you know, the basics of law in itself, you know, I have a, I have a clear understanding, you know, of what it means for me to do a contract with a customer yeah. and how legally binding it is, like, you mm -hmm. know, yeah. I can be very confident in that, you know, if something might, you know, and it, it, it rarely ever happens that something goes awry yeah. uh, with, with, a, with a contract that we might do with a customer, but I'm certainly standing on a hell of a lot firmer feet now than I would have heretofore. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, you know, th th there are so many other th other things. Like we did a, a module on, on auditing, for example, mm -hmm. and um, I can certainly identify any weaknesses that's in our company now. You know, little weaknesses of of uh, processes, we'll say, mm -hmm. and, and controls that we have in place. Although we are part of a huge multinational now, the Rulier Group in France, and by God, I think they have it fairly uh, well watertight now. Anyway, yeah. because they're a huge, um, they're a huge cooperation, but. Uh, but no, certainly I can see these weaknesses now after after doing my BA. But there's a hell of a lot of other things. Um, mm -hmm. For example, uh, LinkedIn. You know, it was mm -hmm. part of our it was part of our, our course that we had to uh, make sure anyone that didn't have a LinkedIn account, you know, you had to develop one. I yeah. did have one. Yeah. But yeah. I had to develop it a hell of better than I <laughs> than I had. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, it, it immensely enhanced my, my career in, in every way, I have to say. That's brilliant, yeah, it's yeah. definitely good to hear. We're coming towards the end now, I won't keep you too much longer, don't worry. We'll, uh, we'll get you out of here at some stage, but what do you think, kind of, it can be from college or your own personal life or career, um, what do you think is your biggest achievement to date? And then what would your future plans be? Do you have anything you'd like to achieve in the future? Well, I'd say hands down, my my single biggest achievement to date has to be my 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 degree, first class honours. Oh that, yeah, that's my, amazing. My, that's my first class. Yeah. yeah, look at uh, what I will say on the back of that is um, there was a few of us in our class. We had a fantastic class. Mm -hmm. We had a fantastic class uh, of of people, and we were we were all very like minded, but. The level of encouragement that we gave each other was was just fantastic, and yeah. that's what I would say to any student or any anyone that's pursuing what I did. Mm -hmm. You know, make a few friends in your class. You know, yeah. get talking to people, uh, encourage each other. Like uh, I remember, there was there was, there was uh, several times before an exam, we'd go to the hotel across the road. Oh yeah, yeah. And and we'd brainstorm. We'd we'd go through a lot of the previous exams, and we'd we'd. Any anything that we were weak on, we'd bounce it off one of the others. You know, there, yeah, was, there yeah. was often five or six of us together in the hotel oh, across the road, yeah. and we'd bounce all this off each other. You know, which was hugely helpful. It wasn't really my goal to achieve a first class honors degree. It was achieve a degree was my yeah. goal, but cheapers. Once we were getting close to all these exams, um, we were all trying to push each, push each other for the first class. Yeah. And uh, yeah, a good few of us did. Yeah, you know? yeah, and I think it was in the back of all this um, encouragement between us all. The positive environment. And, you had, and the lecturers, I yeah. must say, and the lecturers in the in the college. Oh, that's fantastic. Um, and then final question now: uh, How would you describe Griffith College in three words? This is our universal question. <laughs> yeah. Um, you can use more than three words if if you want, but okay. in and around three years. I does one and and this will this will sound cheesy now, but uh, I'm gonna say it anyway. But I I will say it uh, wonderful. Yeah, yeah. And I and I mean that for a number of reasons. The staff were wonderful. Mm -hmm. Um, the the encouragement was was exceptional. Um, the the resources that were given to 
were wonderful. Like the likes of Moodle, you know, mm -hmm. uh, that was a new thing to me when I came on. Moodle, my God, you know, <laughs> yeah. this 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 class app that you could that you could download on your phone or your your iPad or your computer, or whatever. Like you know, and you had all the past exam papers. You had um, all the notes from your class. Mm -hmm. You you you'd have access to to videos of of um, different classes. You know. Um, wonderful. But another thing that struck me while I was here, and um, I looked up the college, uh, the history of of the college, but the building itself is mm. wonderful. I often thought, you know, it was like a, it was like a beehive. You know, all these people were coming in every day, but yeah. instead of bringing in pollen, they were taking out nuggets of gold of knowledge. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. just it's a it's a wonderful building. That's one word. <laughs> um, friendly. I, I I'd I'd have to say friendly from the. From the first evening I was here uh, at that open evening to meet Breed and the friendliness of, of her Sinead O'Dea, mm -hmm. oh my God, what what a lady! Yeah, <laughs> you know I used to often meet Sinead and and the corridor. Uh, I used to look forward to meeting Sinead. You know she was so encouraging. The, the friendliness of the yeah. staff, the the, the lectures, um, and, and and the you know how we were encouraged to, to get on with each other and encourage each other. Mm -hmm. um, diverse, mm -hmm. I think. Uh, coming in here and seeing all the foreign, foreign national students, mm -hmm. um, I found it amazing. Uh, they're all in here pursuing their own endeavours, um, but the diverse um, uh, subjects, you know, mm -hmm. the diverse courses that are here, like yeah, you know, you yeah. can, from anything to computing to, to journalism to business to law, mm -hmm. um, you know, it, it's all there, like you know, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah it's fantastic, yeah. My three words again. That's the job. Um, that's it. No, thanks very much. I really appreciate you coming on and taking the time to come in, especially. But also, that was a fantastic chat, and it was great to learn about your journey so far and your journey with Griffith. Um, so I just want to say thanks for coming in, and I hope that was okay for you. Hope hope you enjoyed it as well. Delighted. I immensely enjoyed it. I didn't know what way to go, but yeah. I, I certainly enjoyed it. And look, if it's of any inspiration or help to somebody, I'll, I'll only be too delighted. This is it. Yeah. Thanks Great. very much, PJ. Thanks, Keen.